What I want to ask you today is, whose report will you believe? Will you believe the report of the Lord, or will you believe the report of the devil? In children's church, um, before we start our lessons, I always tell them to take their Bibles and to make this confession. This is my Bible, God's holy word. God is who he says he is. God will do what he promises to do. I am all that God says I am, and I can do everything that God says I can do. And we need to get that really into our hearts. Um, I was just thinking of Michael Jackson the other day. I saw some old video clips of his uh, on television, and when he was a young boy, I thought he was so good looking. He, he really was a lovely looking boy. But I understand reports say that his father said that you're ugly. In particular, your nose is very ugly. And we saw the results of that because Michael never, never recovered from those words. Um, really, until the day he died. And that's why he went through all that horrendous plastic, plastic surgery as well as other things. And I, I hate to say it, but I felt that he made himself ugly. If only he'd stayed as God had made him. He looked great. He looked beautiful. I thought he was fantastic. And so, you see, God has an opinion of us, the report of the Lord. Uh, but the devil has fed to us through um, maybe sometimes well-meaning people, sometimes spiteful people, sometimes other children at school, teachers, whatever. The world has an opinion of us. And so what I want to ask you today, as I did earlier on, whose report will you believe? The choice is ours. And so I would like to ask you another question. How do you see yourself? In other words, um, what picture of yourself do you have on the inside of you? And as I was preparing this, um, it actually brought tears to my eyes because the picture that I had on the inside of me was diametrically opposed to the picture that the Lord had shown me. One day I said, Lord, how do you see me? And instantaneously, on the inside of me, I saw a picture of myself. Um, young, full of confidence and, and power um, and success. I mean, godly success. I mean, I was just an overcomer in this flash of a picture. Sadly, I decided to go with the one that I had originally because it seemed more humble, you know, downtrodden, bedraggled, um, the butt of people's jokes, that kind of thing. And I bitterly, bitterly regret it. That's why tears came to my eyes because I hadn't believed the report of the Lord. But I do pray, I have prayed that as I'm speaking that God will show you a picture of yourself, how he sees you, who you really, really are, not the picture that the world has put upon you. It's been like a net that's been thrown over you, and it's wrong. It's from the devil. It is not right. And so my mom used to carry a picture around of me and my brother. Um, I mean, even when we were in our 30s, etc., etc., uh, she would show this photograph of me when I was 18, you know, and people would say, that's not you, is it really? Um, but anyway, she loved it, and she said, oh, this is my Hillary, and this is my Gordon. Well, it says that your name is imprinted on the palm of the hand of the Lord, and he said, this is my beloved child, who I love and adore. And so, God has a picture of you. 
And as a man thinks in his heart, as he believes, what a man believes about himself, he is. We become that. Did you know that a large percentage of people's problems actually stem from how they feel about themselves? And so many of us derive our sense of worth uh, by what we do, not by who we are in Christ Jesus, but by what we do. That's what led me to do lots of different jobs uh, that looked exciting. So I thought by doing these particular jobs, um, like I, you know, I worked in an embassy, I worked with Union Castle Shipping Company, I did all sorts of things, glamorous jobs, which actually were not glamorous and they were not fulfilling. But in fact, I thought that made me seem a successful person. And so when we base our self-worth on the opinions of other people or what we think they think about us, it causes us to become, let's say, addicted to their approval. Um, and we can, you know, put so much energy into pleasing them. Now, it's good to please people, but these particular people, we can put so much energy into doing what, being what they want us to be, making ourselves what they want us to be. And actually, that is opening up a whole realm of suffering and misery. But you know, there's, there's a story in the Bible, obviously it's a true story, um, about the, ten, the, the 12 spies that Moses sent into the promised land to spy out the land. God had told him to choose these spies. And they went in and, and they all agreed that it was a fabulous place. I mean, the fruit was absolutely amazing. It was so big, it was prosperous, it was a beautiful place. But 10 of them came back with an evil report. Now in the Bible that means a negative report, a, port, a report that's opposite to what God is saying. And so here we have in Numbers uh, chapter 13, um, and it goes from verse 2 to verse 33. But I'm going to pick out a couple of verses, verse 30 and verse 33. And so they brought back a negative report and all the people were upset and they were crying and goodness knows what. So verse 30, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. He was trusting in the power of God to give them the victory. Verse 33, and the others argued and they said, there we saw the Nephilim. Now these are the giants, the descendants of Anak. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. And we were like grasshoppers in our sight. And so we were in their sight. Now to say we were like grasshoppers, it's like saying we were just like mere insects in, um, in our sight and in their sight. Do you know the result of that was that those people never ever went into the promised land. And the ones who said, which is Caleb and Joshua, said, let us go up, we're well able to do it in the power of the Lord. They are the ones that entered the promised land. And Caleb, at the age of something like 80, he said, give me the mountain, I'll take the mountain. And he did, it's his possession. So I ask you again, whose report will you believe? Will you report, believe the report of the Lord? His report about you. Did you know? that it's absolutely not necessary to be approved by certain people. Um, and as I said, one glance from them and our psh, it ruins our whole self-worth. And no matter how hard we work 
um, to, to gain people's approval, what's going to happen? We're always, always, always going to be disliked or disapproved by someone. Well, the devil will see to that. But that is a fact. And it shouldn't upset you because there's nothing wrong with you. Often it's the person who dislikes you that has the problem. And it's, it's, it, honestly, it's, it's natural for us to want people to love us and to appreciate us. But we need to settle it in our heart that no matter how hard we try, we're not going to please all of the people all of the time. And particularly women have, and in other countries, they have been brought up to please those around them to such an extent that some of us have lost our own identity. We wonder who we are. I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I am a secretary, I'm a housewife, I'm a cook, I'm a cleaner. But we lose sight of who we really are. And there's an illustration that I wanted to share with you about Peter Sellers, um, who was in these films, you know, The, the Pink Panther. And um, let me see, the man who wrote his biography was Peter Evans, and it's called The Mask Behind the Mask. And he writes, Peter Sellers was a very good actor. He played so many diverse characters, he forgot who Peter Sellers really was. And actually, Peter Sellers was a very, very troubled man not a happy man and it's so sad because he didn't really know who he was but who am I I feel I don't know who I am uh, my husband uh, let's say my husband wants a good adoring submissive wife my children want a caring mother my parents and my aunts and disabled relative they all want my attention my job demands my all and there's a call on my life and I need to be there for other people and the pressure can be enormous pulling you apart you just don't know which way to go and we want you know it's natural we want everyone to love us and and to appreciate us and to accept us but we must go God's way by hearing his voice and obeying his instructions on which way we should go and um, I really enjoyed the testimony of Joyce Meyer and she was saying, I was brought up in a very dysfunctional home, a home filled with violence, abuse, and fear. Because I was mistreated, I developed a feeling that I was flawed somehow. I was unacceptable. I became ashamed of myself. I was afraid to meet new people because I felt they would not like me. Sure enough, most of them didn't like me. Even the ones I did become friends with told me later that they hadn't liked me when they first met me. You see, I got exactly what I believed. You see, God loves us. We are children of God and we can renew our minds with the Word of God by studying the Word of God. And as we think differently, we will behave differently because where the mind goes, the man follows. And I remember particularly when I was young, I was asked out uh, when I was with the British Embassy in Iran um, over to the Canadian um, attache um, and his wife. Now his wife, um, in, in the secular sense, was not a pretty lady. And she, she was lovely and, and round, um, but she was not what you would call an absolute beauty, but she believed herself to be beautiful. She believed herself to be fascinating. And do you know, it was amazing because at the end of the day, I began to see her through her eyes. 
Now you can be the most beautiful person on the face of this earth. You can be the most amusing person, the most interesting person. But if you feel yourself to be a bore, if you feel yourself to be unattractive, that's what people will pick up. And so let's continue with Joyce's testimony. She says, when I saw the word of God and that God was actually pleased with me. You know, it's impossible for God to be displeased with you. He loves you. Praise God. That God was pleased with me and accepted me, even though I did not behave perfectly. It changed my thinking. Then I started expecting people to like me, and sure enough, they did. I even confessed out loud that God gave me favor and that people liked me. I learned to say what God said about me instead of what the devil wanted me to believe. You see, God wants you to expect acceptance as his gift, his favor, accepted as his gift to you. God will give you favor and he will give you approval if you expect it. You're a child of God. That's what he wants to do for you. His grace is undeserved favor and merit and, and abundance. And living in God's favor is so much better than trying to earn our acceptance through people-pleasing people -pleasing and perfect performance. Believe me, I've been through it. I'm talking from my heart. You see, it's not wrong to please other people, but not at the expense of the work of the Lord. You see, the people who gave an evil report, who believed that evil report, that they were grasshoppers, they were as mere insects, actually, they never came into the fulfillment that God wanted for them. And God has a wonderful future for you. And I honestly believe it's God's will for each and every one of us to be secure, secure in his love, rooted and grounded in his love, as Paul prays in Ephesians. Um, because I know from personal experience, lack of self-confidence can torment you. And actually, it keeps us from the blessings that God intends for us. We feel inadequate. We're not able to, um, to, to approach people. We can suffer from acute shyness. Um, it's not believing what God says about us. It can even hinder us from sharing the gospel, and we don't want that. You see, the cure is that our foundation, our security is in knowing that who we are in Christ Jesus, knowing that you are loved of God, accepting his unconditional love. Okay, your performance isn't perfect. Okay, you know, we sin. He knows that we sin. He knows that we're frail. We've all got feet of clay. But accepting ourselves as we are, even though we have weaknesses and we're not perfect, accept yourself as you are. Be kind to yourself. When someone has come from an abusive background, they are left from suffering insecurities. Now, my parents loved me. I was very secure in their love. But in fact, school was a whole different game, actually. And after we become a Christian, we can still suffer. Why do we suffer? Because we're not actually seeing that that image on the inside of us is not the same that God has for us. And we don't know who we are in Christ. And we're not rooted and grounded in his love. That's why we feel uncertain and insecure. 
You know, there was a time when Derek and I were called to go and preach in a country that was hostile um, to the gospel. Uh, many people tried to tell us not to go, but Derek was determined. I would have turned tail straight away, but he was determined to go. And I thank God he was, because it was absolutely wonderful and marvelous, and God took such great care of us. But before we went, I, I remember waking up in absolute terror. And the Lord said very strictly to me, if you knew how much I loved you, you would never be afraid again. If you know how much God loves you, you will be secure in his love. And so we may actually accept Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship. You are his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. And also in Corinthians, it says, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Behold, all things are past, all things have become new. And we need to agree that we are a new creature and we've been given a fresh start and a new and wonderful future. And we need to speak it out. And if we still see ourselves as a failure, someone who's unlovable, unacceptable, Seeing ourselves like this, constantly we're going to be frustrated. No real peace or lasting joy. Why? Because of that poor self-image. And you may feel that nobody likes you. And these feelings cause you to act as though, well, I don't really need anybody. Deep down, actually, we care very much. And we do want people um, to love us. And we do try very hard to be acceptable. But actually, don't do this. God wants you to be the best you that you can be. I spent years wishing that I was a hard-hearted, obviously a very attractive businesswoman. That's what I wanted to be. And I thank God he never allowed me to be that, but that's what I wanted to be. According to the word of God, we are valuable. You are highly valuable. And you know, it talks about the man who found a pearl of great price in a field. And Pastor Derek was talking about this on Sunday night. And he said, I believe that that man who gave up everything was Jesus Christ. And you, you are the pearl beyond price. You are to God a pearl beyond price. And it's not what you do. And it's not other opinions of people about you. You see, when God looks at you, he sees you in Christ Jesus. He sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. He sees you filled with the spirit of God. He sees you victorious in him. He doesn't see everything that's wrong with you and everything you've done wrong. You know, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I know I've used this illustration before. But if you've got a dirty teacup and tea stains, very difficult to take out, a little drop of bleach and boiling water, and it's out. And anyone who says that's dirty is a liar. God has so cleansed you with the blood of Jesus that anyone who points the finger at you, they're lying. It's not true. God declares that you have great worth and great value by the very fact that he sent his beloved son to die for us on the cross. We are not dependent upon our performance rating. 
and we're not supposed to go around all the time beating ourselves up, feeling wrong about ourselves. The devil, keep, he'll keep reminding us what we've done wrong and who we are not, but God delights in affirming us and reminding us of who we are in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells within you? And also Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who continually infuses me with his strength, his power, his wisdom, his ability. I ask you, whose report will you believe? Will you believe the report of the Lord or will you believe the report of the devil? And where does insecurity come from? I'll tell you where it comes from. Looking inside at our weaknesses, our flaws, our inabilities. We get freedom from these insecurities when we look away from all that distracts, let's call them lying vanities, look away from them, look steadfastly unto Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, the one who died for us. His perfection, look at his perfection, his ability, his strength, and his wisdom. It's one morning when I was having my time before the Lord, and I said, oh Lord, I failed her, I failed her, I did this wrong, I did that wrong, and I got more depressed and more depressed. Um, and then I felt the Holy Spirit say, look at Jesus. And as I began to speak out, oh Lord Jesus, you are beautiful, you are glorious, you are triumphant, you are Lord of all, you are my Savior, you are my God, you are my King, you are the true lover of my soul. You are all goodness and kindness. And I've just felt the power of God lift me up. And it was a wonderful, successful day. You see, Jesus loves us. And he is within us. His spirit dwells within us to strengthen us. And you see, our flaws always will distract us, particularly if we pay too much attention to them. And as I said, yes, we should confess our sins and our faults to God. But when we do that, we then believe the word that says he's forgiven us and cleansed us. And we should trust him to change us in his own way and his own timing. And to accept who we are in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God that I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loved me. Let's understand and accept, no, we're not perfect. But you know we are on our way. Accept that. And, okay, we're not where we ought to be. And we may have a way to go. But we're a long way from where, we, where God has brought us from. And let me just assure you, as long as your heart is soft and tender towards the Lord, it's all he needs in order to work in us his great and wonderful work. You see, his approval is all the approval that you have need of. Whose report will you believe? Will you believe the report of the Lord or will you believe the report of the world? If we accept God's unconditional love, if we accept ourselves as we are, though we're so aware of our weaknesses and imperfections, 
then we can find and receive our approval in him. Isn't it wonderful to be set free? I don't have to be perfect all the time. I found it was like having a taskmaster on the inside of me beating his, me up. You did this wrong, you silly thing, you know, you, you dropped this, you, you made a mess of that, you burnt the, you know, you burnt the food, all sorts of things, and I feel judged and condemned. It doesn't matter. The only thing or person in life we absolutely cannot do without is God, and it's his opinion. And we need to resist that taskmaster that's on the inside of us, and we need to bind it and command it to leave us. Because regardless of how hard we try, absolutely none of us will be completely perfect all of the time. Paul said, when I know I am weak, then I am strong. Why is that? Because he realized in his flesh he could not do it. But he was totally trusting in God. When I am weak, then I am strong. And I know that for myself. When I acknowledge and realize I am weak, I cannot do this, that I'm utterly, utterly dependent on the Lord. And Jesus is leading all of us to that place where we put no trust or reliance in our flesh, in our fleshly um, abilities. And sometimes it's painful and it's confusing. But, you know, understand that you're not losing it. You're not off track. You're actually on track to becoming utterly dependent upon him. Then his power and his glory and his Holy Spirit can be fully expressed through you to this bleeding, dying world that needs you so much. You are a living, mobile temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Whose report will you believe? Whose approval do you desperately want? That's the one that's most important to you. Who means more to you than anyone else in life? God told Israel, have no idols, an idol, anything that stands between God and you. God told Israel, I am a jealous God. Josh McDowell's literal translation says, I am passionate about my relationship with you. Are you passionate about your relationship with God? Whose report will you believe?